In this episode, we will study the shadow government and JFK. We'll study secrets of World War II, including the disappearance of Hitler. And we learn about the Committee of 300. Everything is in the book. Everything. The e-book Surviving the Deep State by Muir Taylor on Amazon is a Kindle book. My book informs you of the end game and, most importantly, how you can protect yourself. By the end of listening to this episode, you will realize that the Pentagon UFO report is only the tip of the iceberg. Now, you can buy this book on Amazon in its entirety. I've titled it Surviving the Deep State by Muir Taylor. First, in memoriam to my stepfather, who took the JFK autopsy photos, I'd like to introduce the JFK conspiracy. It has elements not unlike the current status of the New World Order. It has a variety of legends, covers, psyops, and disinformation. The comparisons are striking and can educate us. It's a lesson text in critical thinking. The single most important piece of evidence of conspiracy was that trained U.S. Army intelligence units were told their assistance was not needed in Dallas during the JFK trip. William McKinney, a former member of the 112th Military Intelligence Group at 4th Army Headquarters, Fort Sam Houston, Texas, went public and stated that both Colonel Maximilian Reich and his deputy, Lieutenant Colonel Joel Cabaza, protested violently when they were told to stand down rather than report with their units for duty in support of the Secret Service in Dallas. All the Secret Service had to do was nod, and then these units, who had been trained at the Army's top intelligence school at Camp Hollibird, Maryland, would have performed their normal function of protection for President Kennedy in Dallas. The motorcycle escort was reduced to only four men who were instructed to ride behind the rear wheels of the limousine. Two agents stayed with the plane at Love Field. Open windows along the route remained opened. Manhole covers were not welded shut. The crowd simply spilled over into the street. Then the vehicles were in the wrong sequence. The Lincoln was first. It should have been in the middle. Any security expert would have detected this level of breach of protocol. The route was changed only days before the arrival and included a turn of more than 90 degrees, a violation of Secret Service protocol. After bullets were fired, the driver pulled the limo to the left and actually slowed down. At the hospital, a bucket of water and a sponge were used to wash and clean up the crime scene. The limousine was returned to Ford, and on November 25th, it was stripped to metal and rebuilt. The windshield had a through-and-through bullet hole in it, noticed by officials at Parkland. It was replaced. David Montick, MD, PhD, has proven that JFK was hit four times, in the throat from the front, in the back from behind, and twice in the head, both from in front and behind. Connolly was hit at least once from the side as he was turning to the left, and at least one shot had missed. That's six shots, not the official three. That proves conspiracy. The purpose of the disinformation operation and the death of JFK was not really to convince the public of the official account. It just created enough uncertainty to make nothing knowable. A hastily but clumsily written disinformation report, authored by the Warren Commission, superseded any real investigations. JFK, while in office, had transitioned from a traditional coal warrior into a statesman for peace. 
which threatened the status quo. He was about to take action on the oil depletion allowance, threatening major Texas oil interests. He had refused to invade Cuba, thus going against the advice of the Joint Chiefs. He was engaging a Vietnam withdrawal, which is a war many profiteers wanted. He also spoke against empowering Israel with nuclear capability. Kennedy was going to reform or abolish the Fed, and perhaps most important of all, he was going to, quote, shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces, unquote. This statement that he released may have been the fatal one. Finally, when a New Orleans district attorney named Garrison tried Clay Shaw, the judge ruled out key evidence, which indeed did tie him to his true identity and the crime itself. It was commonly known in New Orleans that Clay Shaw used the alias Clay Bertrand. A massive disinformation campaign was mounted by the Justice Department to quash Garrison, and 17 witnesses mysteriously died before they could testify. Clay Shaw, under the name of Clay or Clem Bertrand, was overheard planning the assassination of President Kennedy with David Ferry and Lee Harvey Oswald during the middle of September 1963 in New Orleans. Garrison produced a witness who told a three-judge criminal district court panel on March 14, 1967, that he heard Lee Harvey Oswald, Clay Shaw, and David Ferry plotting to assassinate President John F. Kennedy. Perry Raymond Russo, 25, an insurance salesman from Baton Rouge, testified he was in Ferry's apartment in New Orleans in September 1963 and overheard a discussion of how to kill Kennedy and make a getaway. Russo said the plot involved a triangulation of crossfire, diversionary shooting, and the sacrificing of one man as a patsy to allow the others to escape. Undoubtedly, they reported to higher authorities, but Shaw's involvement with the CIA speaks for itself. It was revealed years later that he was a contract agent for the CIA. There's no doubt who the higher authorities were. President Kennedy was not the first target of the Permindex Assassination Bureau. A French intelligence dossier on the company singled it out as funneling 200000 to the OAS in the attempted assassination of de Gaulle a year earlier. Oliver Stone was very close in his movie, but he didn't name names. For the amazing details of how far down the rabbit hole this money laundering went and who were the principals behind it, just read the Permendex Dossier, a Lyndon LaRouche study. It reveals the secrets of the JFK mystery that have been withheld from the public for decades. It reveals everything. Now the Committee of 300. You really have to understand the Committee of 300, the governing body of the New World Order, to understand why and how the cover-up takes place. The Committee of 300 works through the Royal Institute of International Affairs in London and the Club of Rome, all possess various executive arms. I was told this by an MI6 intelligence officer. These arms also include the Council of Foreign Relations, from which the U.S. Secretary of State has drawn until now their strategies almost entirely, therefore following a socialist party line. If you control the Secretary of State, you control all foreign policy. The Constitution is immutable, but the so-called progressives or socialists interpret it in a flexible manner. Thus, the President can declare war without going through a five-step constitutionally required process. All he needs is a vote from the United Nations. 
Woodrow Wilson was a major leftist under whom the Federal Reserve was established. Before the Reserve and the graduated income tax, we had a $5 billion surplus through trade tariffs. Both the Reserve and the income tax law saw to it that the extreme opposite would occur. However, in leaving office, Wilson spoke a veiled statement acknowledging the presence of the Committee of 300. Quote, Some of the biggest men of the United States in the field of commerce and manufacturing are afraid of somebody, are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so pervasive, that they'd better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. Unquote. The power Wilson was talking about is the Committee of 300, and Wilson knew he did not dare to mention it by name. When Mikhail Gorbachev announced in the United States that he was forming a foundation, CNN was filming it, and Gorbachev plainly stated, We have the approval of the Committee of 300. That transcript, later requested, was never acknowledged. But he had been at the very top of the elite's power structure, and he knew it. The Committee of 300 includes many royal families of European heritage as well as their U.S. proxies. It includes some very dangerous people. The Committee of 300 is interested in a new world order and in accomplishing this objective, they have a new spirituality called the New Age Movement. They desire a single ruler of the world with a global currency. The only major country to actively resist the new world order concept is Russia, which the group is actively and strategically plotting against. However, Russia is a world superpower and Vladimir Putin is a very smart man. The Committee of 300 is quite aware that their coalition will not include Russia. What the world calls history is theater. We need to study the news behind the news. Most young people today are so plugged into their electronic devices and fed so much disinformation and misinformation by the mass media, they have ceased to effectively even function. This is what the powers that be count on. As far as true history goes, universities now for the most part no longer pursue the old concepts of chivalry, critical thinking, and truth. Instead, they're devoted to social engineering and getting everyone on the same page. History is propaganda about the past. Most historians don't tell the truth or they would be fired. History is replete with cover-ups and conspiracies. Let's look at some secrets of World War II. What we term history is mostly propaganda, a cover-up. FDR said nothing in politics happens by chance. Here are the facts. In 1952, Dwight D. Eisenhower said, We have been unable to unearth one bit of tangible evidence of Hitler's death. Many people believe that Hitler escaped from Berlin. Then Judge Michael Musmano of the Nuremberg Trials said in 1946, Hitler's body was never found. In 1948, he said, we have no evidence that he died in his bunker or anywhere. In 1945, Red Army General Zhukov said, we have found no corpse that can be Hitler's. I'm absolutely positively sure Hitler escaped from Berlin. Nikita Khrushchev said, yes, sure, Stalin did not believe Hitler committed suicide. I'm certain he did not shoot himself in his bunker. Stalin, in May of 1945, told Harry Hopkins, U.S. envoy, it is my opinion that Hitler is not dead. He is alive and hiding somewhere. I wish your government would understand and accept this. Now, newly declassified FBI documents revealed that the Bureau was aware of a submarine that made its way up the coast of Argentina 
and dropped off high-ranking Nazi party officials, including Hitler. The FBI was tipped by one informant that Hitler was living in the foothills of the Andes. In 1945, a Los Angeles informant asked for asylum in exchange for information. What he told agents stunned them. He was one of four men who had actually met the German submarine. Hitler and Eva Braun were among the occupants. Argentina at that time was a center of Nazi wealth. Billions of dollars which had been stolen from the countries, art galleries, people, and banking institutions of the countries the Germans had conquered had been funneled to purchase massive ranches, businesses, and banking infrastructure in Argentina, all in preparation for the relocation of Adolf Hitler himself. The government in Argentina was an active and willing participant, according to informants. The cover story, of course, was a suicide. It was actually a homicide. And the supposed skull of the victim, Hitler, was taken to Russia to the state archive. There it resided until it was tested several years ago by a University of Connecticut for DNA. The conclusion, it was the skull of a young female, somewhere between 20 and 40 years of age. In terms of dental records, a normal form of identification, this never occurred since Hitler had authorized his personal dentist to destroy all records. Hitler had employed four doubles during his reign, and he knew well their purpose and their end. No step was overlooked. The destruction of his personal papers and files is a historical fact. In 1943, as the uh, first year of Hitler's escape plan became operational, Admiral Donitz was known to have said publicly, the German U-boat fleet is proud to have made an earthly paradise, an impregnable fortress for the Fuhrer, somewhere in the world. To get to Argentina required getting Hitler and Eva to a safe port. General Franco, the military dictator of Spain, was a close friend of Hitler and had thus achieved neutrality for Spain during the conflict. A large German infrastructure had been in place in Spain. Spain provided access to deep water ports for German U-boats. The only tactical measure required was to move Hitler and Eva from their bunker to the airport several miles away and then fly them to Spain. This was accomplished through a secret door within the bunker which led to a German tunnel that underscored the entire city. The exit panel could be reached by a hidden doorway in Hitler's bunker. The tunnel was constructed by Albert Speer. It was known to the German military as the Underground Railway Network. Today, the same tunnel is used as a subway, and guess where it leads? Right to the entrance of the Berlin airport. It is a known fact that a variety of flights out of this airport occurred the week before Berlin fell. On April 22, 1945, ten separate flights carrying top Nazi officers left the Tempelhof airport. These were the connected Nazis. Hitler's personal pilot, Hans Bayer, told Russians who were interrogating him that, quote, Adolf Hitler, Eva Braun, and General Hermann Fegelein escaped aboard a Ju-52 aircraft, end of quotes. Lieutenant Colonel Walter Horton in 1946 said that, I never doubted it, the escape that is. Bormann planned it well, and Admiral Donitz knew exactly what to do. The Allies were vastly more interested in capturing General Dr. Hans Kammler, who was conceivably worth billions in terms of intelligence and scientific information, and of course recruiting Dr. von Braun. These now declassified documents reveal the journey to Spain and the trip to Argentina 
the true story of the escape of Hitler. Russia has finally completed DNA testing on the remains of Hitler and Eva Braun and determined that neither one is actually Hitler or Braun. This is the smoking gun, proof of Hitler's escape. Now, if Hitler can escape and the majority of the American people are totally unawares and the officials, the FBI and others, never properly investigate, what does that tell you about the New World Order? This is the reason this book was written, to expose the light and give you an intelligence briefing about how to survive and how to critically think. You can buy this book on Amazon in its entirety, Surviving the Deep State by Muir Taylor. The book, most importantly, informs you of the end game and how you can protect yourself.